0: everyone, welcome to the Dual Access Podcast, your home for conversations with leaders in data. Thanks to each of you that come back every week to listen, learn, and grow. I'm your host, Andy Kriebel. This week's episode is a conversation with Larissa Amoroso. She's the vice president of Tableau Community. And in this episode, we're gonna dive into conversations about the obstacles and discriminations that women face in the tech industry. We all know that change needs to happen and we need to make it happen faster. And that's what we're gonna discuss today. It's gonna be a really deep dive into the problems women face from the perspective of a woman in tech. We'll talk about Larissa's experience, the challenges she has faced, how to attract more women to tech jobs, and much more. Since joining Tableau almost nine years ago, she has consistently progressed her career all the way up to her current role. And I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, especially if you wanna learn more about how you can promote women in the tech industry and hear Larissa's insights. Thank you for lending me your ears, whether it's walking your dog, running, at the gym, driving, whatever you're up to. Thank you for listening to the Dual Access Podcast. Welcome, Larissa.
1: Thanks for having me, Andy.
0: So let's start by laying the kind of foundation for your personal experiences being a woman in tech. First off, what gets you up in the morning? What do you love about your job?
1: Oh, um, the people. Hands down, the most important factor for me is the people, Uh, whether that's Team, my team, my colleagues, um, in my case, the community, right, our customers, the people who have um, been there to support us along the way, and the people who have also personally championed for me along the way, even if I don't work with them on a daily basis.
0: Okay. And what first sparked your interest in working in the tech industry in the first place? Because you have a marketing background, correct? I
1: do. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I grew up, you know, dreaming of a career in tech. Um <laughs> I, uh, I I think I kind of stumbled upon it. Um, I grew up in the 80s, not to date myself, but I grew up in the 80s in a rather tech-forward home. Um, both my parents had spent time in math and science-related fields, so I at least had some good exposure there. Um, but I think, more importantly, like most of us from that time, we were able to witness... The introduction and the evolution of you know technological marvels and seeing that impact that it has on society over time. Um, and I think the other thing that's been really eye-opening for me as I started to get into you know business is seeing that practically every industry has adopted or uses technology in order to fuel growth and um. Uh, You know, data and technology are everywhere. It's made such a massive impact on the world that we live in today. And I think it's only going to continue to. So uh, that's probably what's piqued my interest um, and and held that interest over time.
0: Do you remember those days of the screeching dial-up internet?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, for me, like, running the park, (laughs) running the trail.
0: And then, like,
1: knowing the amount of time that it took (laughs) to uh, even just get that load to load up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, Okay. And when did you kind of stop kind of the math and sciences angle of what you were studying? Was that in university?
1: Um, when did I stop doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, probably about the time that I was in um, uh, university. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, like a lot okay. of people, going into college. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like that's where you go, right. To get the experiences. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I decided that, well, you know what? Business is just a good backbone kind of where mm-hmm. I started. And then I had to choose a concentration from there. Um I took anthropology throughout college, um, along with my oh, marketing and business. So I was I just because I found it interesting. And so for me it was, well, I have so to get Indiana my science. Jones, right I have to get my history credits. And I have to get the social, like I have to get these different kinds of credits. And so where I could, I would um align that. But I think I just never thought um to me it was like, oh I don't know if I can do anything with that. And so I I decided to get a, um, business degree, and and marketing was interesting. It kind of brought some of that cultural anthropological views and like you can Mm -hmm. apply that and and see the intersection there. Um, uh, but then, you know, once graduating, um, college and my first, you know, real professional job, I was exposed pretty quickly to companies that, um, were you know sometimes like the front end innovation. They're really trying to even figure out what they want to do um, with respect mm-hmm. to technology. And so that I I found that really, really interesting. I was doing market research and strategy. Um, and um and since then I've just you know continued um on that path.
0: So you have two boys, correct? Nine and six? Yeah, nine and six, two boys. Okay. Very active okay. boys. <laughs> so you've had you've had your hands full, you had your maternity leave twice. How, mm-hmm. What kind of help do you have at home that can kind of let you still pursue a career?
1: Um, and really I don't, outside of my husband, right? And we, we do a pretty good job, I think, of trying to share the responsibilities, but um, we don't have additional help. I don't have family. You know, we're both transplants to Seattle. Um, okay. We don't have family nearby. Um, didn't have grandparents, uncles, aunts, those people, when, especially when my boys were younger to... Um, kind of lean on. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, my husband's also a firefighter so his schedule's a bit tricky to work around. You know, he he works 24, 48 hour shifts and there's no relief. Um, so as far as help uh goes, I it's it's been a little bit more of just getting creative, um, mm-hmm. learning how to manage my time, setting boundaries with work, learning how to manage my stress, trying to take time for myself. Um, and admittedly I'm still learning but i've been really fortunate to work at a company that's been very supportive and provided the flexibility that allowed me um to do that.
0: Oh, that that's great. Uh, but there's probably a lot of women that don't have that kind of flexibility. So Completely. if you didn't have that kind of flexibility, what would what do you think you would have done?
1: I think a lot of people unfortunately what they do is they they end up taking a change in their career or they don't pursue the yeah. things that they want to pursue. It's really sad.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you're quite fortunate then to have an employer yeah. that that is very supportive of that. And I, I think we're seeing a bit, you know, employers are becoming uh, smarter and smarter about that. They don't want to lose talent, right? Recognizing and, that, uh, yeah. E- exactly, yeah. Were Were there any kind of stigmas you faced when you went back to work? Uh, so, for example, um, did anyone think you were doing wrong by your kids by coming back to work and not staying at home? Um, I don't,
1: I, I can't think of anyone who specifically um, you know, said anything or did anything, or I thought had a certain, you know, perception about what mm-hmm. I was doing. I, I probably more, the sigma was the pressure that I put on myself. Um, the expectations I had, I didn't want to let And I still don't want to let anyone down. Um, you know, there's days I wish I could give my kids 100% of my focus or, yeah, be a better spouse or be a better leader for my team. Um, you know, do more for the community, um, better for myself, prioritize, prioritize myself more and, um, uh, Yeah. So I I think a lot of that's the pressure I put on myself, um, the one thing I, I will share too, you know, for a moment of just transparency, my mom, you know, when, when I was younger, um, she was a nurse and then she decided to leave her job as a nurse to raise my brother and, um, you know, full time. Um, and, and we were, Uh, fortunate enough to be able to afford to do that. Um, And there were times that was tight, but uh, we were able to do that. And I saw her when I remember when I was in high school and my brother Mm -hmm. graduated and I started driving, we didn't need her as much to run us around and do those things for us. Um, And she was a bit lost and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing how to get back into things. And so I do remember when I had my, my first child thinking, you know, considering that. Um, mm-hmm. And also really think how much I liked my job and I didn't want to give that up. Um, right. But I know that there's many people out there that that don't have as much of a choice, right? Or they don't have mm-hmm. enough of the support system around them um, to do that.
0: What's the best way that companies can then support women that are coming back from leave?
1: Uh first of all, grace, empathy, compassion. Um, Just, I think that's first and foremost. Um, Flexibility. I mentioned, I, I, you know, I've been really fortunate to work for a company and and had leaders that were, you know, also parents and recognized the the need for flexibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing though, just to counter the flexibility is predictability. I think that is so Mm -hmm. important because managing Kids, home, family responsibilities—all of that—it becomes significantly harder if there's constant fire drills or the unexpected. I mean, it's going to happen. That's no matter what, right. that's going to happen. But that should not be the norm. And um, and so I think there's an importance of making sure there's some level of predictability, but also giving the flexibility that mm-hmm. um, parents mm-hmm. need as they adjust to um, the constantly changing right at life at home. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's where it, you know it comes back to um, kind of like as as long as you get the work done, right? Yeah, and then, then companies tend to be uh, a, a lot more flexible when you do a good job yeah. and you get your work done. Yeah, no matter and how I, long like, it I, don't, you. Yeah.
1: I don't care when and where, right? I always tell my team like I don't I don't care when and where, right? Um, yeah, as
0: yeah.
1: long as we're we're meeting the goals that we set. and sometimes we have to adjust those goals, and that's okay too. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that level of flexibility is just uh, and, and just knowing and being able to have open and transparent conversations.
0: Okay, so before we move on, I'm going to throw out some stats at you and kind of get your maybe get your impression on these. These come a website come come from a website called Exploding Topics, and they have everything sourced in their website. So I'm not going to go through all of their sources yeah. as well. But I've got kind of five five key stats that I think are really important for setting the conversation about uh, inequality that we're going to talk to. Mm, okay. um, so as of as of 2022, for every four people with tech jobs, only one is a woman. Meanwhile, women make up almost 40, or they make up 47% of the global workforce. Just 11% of people holding CEO uh, CEO roles or senior leadership roles are women. Over the last two years, the rate of women in tech related careers has decreased. Women in software engineering make 93 cents for every dollar that men make in the field. And women achieve just 18% of new computer science degrees. Those numbers are pretty mind boggling. Right. The the inequality is it's it's crazy. Um, So and the people that we see in senior senior leadership roles tend to be white men. The executives we see on stage at conferences are primarily white men. Mm -hmm. And if I see it as a white man and I feel awkward about it, I can't even begin to understand how women must feel about the situation. So, you know, surely that's discouraging to you as a woman. Um, What do you think we could do about that?
1: Yeah, um absolutely. It's an issue across the board and I think um we all have a role in 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 addressing this so that we can provide the right inspiration and representation that helps young women recognize and see themselves, mm-hmm. right, as having an opportunity in in fields like that or in leadership roles or yeah. in technical fields. Um, So first of all, I think having the conversation, um, so things like this podcast, thank you to you, Andy, I think, um, you know, taking time to have this conversation and share it with the audience, just overall raise awareness. Um, We all can do more of that. Um, And then there's tactical things, right, that companies can do, building mentoring programs, um, leadership training initiatives diversity inclusion committees, career development fragments are so many different things and Mm -hmm. all very super, you know, very, very, very important initiatives. Um, I I, personally, I think the biggest issue is when you have those senior leaders, um, uh, that don't surround themselves with people who bring in diverse perspectives and whether that's gender race, what, you know, just the importance of having that diverse perspective, um, or they don't, empower others to speak up and challenge them um so i think that's actually the biggest um issue and um yeah the first stat that you brought up andy the one um where you were saying what like nearly 50 percent of the workforce is women women.
0: yeah 47 percent yeah
1: yeah and then of that only you know 25 percent are in right yeah yeah, roughly a quarter hold technology jobs i mean that's just uh It's a massive, massive gap and missed opportunity. I mean, and just in general, we need more people in the tech field, period, right? Like we are, as we continue to innovate as a society, as we need to do more, technology has such an opportunity to solve problems. Um, And men and women, um, and actually just, again, set gender aside for a moment, like just the importance of diverse perspectives, people see things differently, And they're going to bring unique ideas to the table. Um, Mm -hmm. And that enable, you know, by bringing those perspectives together is going to enable better problem solving um, by nature that kind of forces you to explore more options, have more discussions, Mm -hmm. kind of uh, play devil's advocate on things, Mm -hmm. challenge. And ultimately, I think, puts more work into defining an outcome that then meets the needs of more people. Um, so I, I just, I heard that first stat and um, it's mind boggling to me that that's the the state that we're in.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned awareness and, you know, I'm, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm trying to do uh, my part in that, but I'm only one person, right? Um, it's a much bigger issue than, than I can solve on my own what can we do kind of you know more broadly to reach more people and make you know raise the awareness that this is a problem
1: i mean andy you you said i'm just one person right you're just one person but by you doing this you may inspire mm-hmm. one or two or five or 10 or however many other people to do right. something similar realizing that um, you also have a role as a white male, right? You have a right. role in right. this and, and helping to be an ally. So don't discount that. Um, so I think that's uh, um, a lot and I think can hopefully inspire others to do the same. Um, and then I think just overall uh, recognizing that we have to help build the pipeline, yeah. right? We have right. to start at a young age. Um, if there's an opportunity to, mentor or sponsor right that understanding the difference between mentorship and sponsorship too and um finding somebody who you can um help guide towards okay. a more technical field um i think we all have an opportunity to do that
0: okay so and from what i see in in my network uh, mm-hmm. i don't know if this is a, a gross generalization or not but for, from my from my network Women that I see in tech companies tend to be in marketing, HR, and communication roles, not necessarily in the software engineering or more, you know, yeah. quote unquote technical roles. Why do you think that is?
1: Um so that's interesting because when you first raised this topic for me, I had um I had a little bit of an imposter moment <laughs> where I was thinking, okay, yes, I, you know, I identify as a woman, I am in, um, I work at a technology company and most of my career I've worked, you know, in some way, shape or form with technology. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I dared myself and thought, gosh, do I even have a right to talk about this? I'm in market, you know, it's, it's a little Mm -hmm. different. And I realized that, well, I do, because I have a perspective to share and, um, I I can be an ally as well, and I work with um, men and women, and um, you know a variety of different people that are, are in technical fields. So I, I have good exposure to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to your original question on why we might see um, women uh, in more marketing, HR, and I think you said mm-hmm. communications roles.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was chatting with a friend about this recently, and and um we were discussing this hypothesis, and it's not rooted in any research, so I'll caveat with that. But and there's probably much more intelligent people um who have considered this. But we were talking about how those um fields tend to celebrate um the more stereotypical feminine traits, um, like connection, empathy, um, collaboration. Mm. And, you know, as a marketer, those are so critical. Those, those traits are right. so, so critical in being a good marketer, listening, right. Listening to our customers, listening to, um, put, you know, prospective customers in the market. Mm. Um, uh, collaborating across to create a connected experience that makes sense for our audience. So those are such important traits. So I think that, that, um, again, it's a little bit of a stereotype, right? But I, I yeah, yeah. my personal thoughts are, you know, that probably plays a factor.
0: Okay. So that's a good segue into, into my next question then. Um, when men are assertive, they tend to be, you know, that tends to be seen as a strength. But often when women are sort of, it's considered pushy. They could even mm-hmm. say the same thing. Um, you've probably seen it happen in meetings. You know, a woman will say something, yep. she'll be ignored. The man says the same thing. Oh, that's a great idea, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, can we, how can we overcome these stereotypes? It's a really, really big problem. And, and what can I do as a man to help? Uh,
1: sadly, yes. But the traits and characteristics that we typically associate with um, effective leadership or, um, you know, mm. our, are stereotypically masculine attributes, I guess you could say assertiveness, right, ambition, right. competition. Um, and as I talked about before, there's more like feminine attributes like collaboration and empathy may not be. I mean, I would argue that I actually think all of those are incredibly important in making yeah. a strong leader. Um, and when women demonstrate yep. that assertiveness, they are viewed as aggressive, right, or pushy, right. as you said. Exactly, um, yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had the answer um, here. And I, I, I get—I guess I, that's it comes, part of the
0: point, right? We don't have an answer. <laughs>
1: we don't. Right? If we had the answer, yeah. right, we wouldn't—we wouldn't be having to yeah. have this conversation. <laughs> but I—I I, I brought it up a couple times. I think uh, being a good ally, right? Being an ally, recognizing when that bias is happening. Asking that, and, and I don't think you necessarily have to call somebody out on that, but asking right. the question, well, you know, tell me more about that. Why did you think that, or what did okay. you mean by that? Sometimes, I even just highlighting that situation can help that person recognize that they um, they may, you know, be it's unconscious bias. It's not that they're intentionally meant, meant to do that. Um, so, I think that knowing that we all have a role and can help raise awareness of that. And, and sometimes people don't mean anything by that, but they be, it's just the unconscious bias that's taking place.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we mentioned a couple of obstacles that are clearly in the way of women kind of getting into these, these, these sort of tech careers. Um, but how can we encourage more women to get into these more technical roles like coding and engineering that are more, that are really heavily skewed towards men?
1: Um, we have to build the pipeline. Uh, we need more programs that help girls, young women build the skills that they're going to feel more confident okay. than pursuing a career in technology. Um, I even think about, you know, people considering a, uh, a career change or somebody who's, right. um, taking time off from work. If I mentioned my mom as an example, someone taking time off of work, mm. uh, Making sure there's more programs that lower the barrier to entry, uh, whether they're okay. free or just incredibly low-cost opportunities. Um, I think also just as important is not a huge investment of time because um, you know some of these people may be balancing family responsibilities. And right. so right. giving them an opportunity to get exposure to the field, learn some foundational skills, um, starting to build that network. Uh, I talked a little bit about the importance of, you know, finding mentors and sponsors and building that network up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and I think we've come a long way in this I think there's a lot more programs today than there were years ago but um I, I think we can still do more and um I'd love to see more companies uh build those partnerships okay
0: and have you seen the industry change as far as that that kind of inequality between men and women since you've started working in the field is it getting better
1: um, well, I think there's a lot more conversation happening um, okay. about it. And this could just be that I have more awareness of it than I did okay. um, when I was younger yeah, and starting yeah. out. But I think there's a lot, significantly more conversation that I'm aware of that's taking place about these gaps. Okay. Um, and I and I think I you know you see more companies, it's not just the nonprofits that are going and building something. you're actually seeing more companies get involved. So I, I do think that we've seen progress here. Um, we are far, far from solving the yeah. issue.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to I mention that stat about, um, you know, how many women are participating in these kind of more technical roles. I, I couldn't really find any data over time, but I think that would be one way to know was it was it 15 percent five years ago and now it's 25 percent. Right. That's a right. great improvement. But, right. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's still stagnated and we feel like you said, we're having the conversation. So it feels like things are changing, but right. are they actually changing? Right. Um, Yeah. Well,
1: and taking into consideration that, um, I'm I'm not an expert in this area and and I have not done research in this area, but I, um, my understanding is that we've seen progress in closing the education gap as far as more women and girls getting education, but we haven't, um, but they aren't choosing those technical fields. So they're still, um, Pretty a pretty big gap there.
0: So, if you were starting your career over again and you wanted to get into the tech industry, what advice would you give yourself?
1: Have more confidence in yourself. Uh, I I think that and like knowing the value you bring, getting mm-hmm. really clear on the value that you bring, and learning how to articulate that. Um, okay. And I think that and in, in itself will actually help build that confidence.
0: Okay. Now this is a question that's not on our list of questions. So this one might throw you for a little bit of a loop. Okay. You've got two boys. You've got two boys. Yes. How can how can you bring them up as a mom <sighs> so that they are more aware of this? I am. Um, I'm actually
1: really glad you asked this question. Um, I, because I mentioned before, sometimes I feel like, Oh, I, am I, can I talk about this stuff? You know, I'm, I don't have, I am mm-hmm. not raising young girls and um, right. I uh, my husband and I actually talk about this often. We feel we have such an important responsibility as parents of, of boys to raise mm-hmm. like good men, right? Good allies, right. Um, yeah. boys that understand, um, you know, that they can be anything that they want to be and right. that so can their peers. So can, um, you know, their friends, the girls and, and making sure to give them a sense of exposure um, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. uh representation um, at all levels. And um, so I, I'm, it's something that we work on. Um, I'm, I think I could probably still do a lot better. And I want to continue the conversation Mm -hmm. on that. But it, I think we have a very important role.
0: One of the things we see through the education path is the farther along you get through education, probably somewhere in high school, there's a big drop off in the women that are participating in, in kind of STEM STEM education, and then it goes way off the cliff when you get into university. What do you think we can do, or, or why do you think so many women are, are put off at the, such a young age?
1: I think it's representation. They don't see themselves. Um, you know, they don't. They don't. They look at some of the. Successful leaders out there of technology companies, and there aren't there aren't as many um, women, or um, some of them just may not get the exposure to, um, you know, women who are in a technical field. So whether it's right. somebody who has a prominent leadership role, or just just general exposure, I mean, yeah. it's mind-boggling to me too because we live in such a connected social virtual world where, um you know, you can go look up anything. And so I actually feel like we need to encourage um, mm. more breaking outside of the, 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 you know, people that you know and looking for that inspiration in other places, um, but representation. And, and it comes back to building the pipeline. Um, okay. we, we need to, you know, really, really focus on this from from a young age and all the way up through, right? It doesn't just yeah. take place at that young age.
0: Yeah I was just I was just thinking back to my high school days and I don't remember having any female teachers in science or math. Do you, do you, can you recall any? Oh my that's the problem. It's so a you're mentioning, really you're mentioning role models. Yeah. You're mentioning role models. They don't see any women in those roles. They see them in, you know, the more liberal arts type of of classes. Um so it's really interesting. Maybe that's part of the problem as well Is but that's the cycle, right? If they yeah. don't if they don't study that, they can't get a job teaching that, right? So it's, it's yep. kind of this vicious cycle we're we're getting caught in. Um, so then that that kind of lends to the question, how do we recruit and include more women?
1: Um, well, I think it needs to be a priority. and uh, the, the companies that are the most successful and um, you know, most effective in their diversity efforts are ones that mm-hmm. prioritize it and resource it invest resources from the beginning. Um, I was also chatting with somebody recently about um the idea of interdisciplinary roles. Um, so We have this idea that you can hire people into a really, really technical field or a technical Mm -hmm. role. And then you have people who kind of cover some of the other areas, but actually thinking about more of these blended roles because it gives a level of exposure um, to that. And then making sure that there's programs in place to help build those foundational skills so that if somebody has been interested in this area, but they don't have the experience or their schooling to date, what are the ways that we can help them build that, um, right. in like real life experiences in companies. So I think companies re- taking a look at, um, uh, you know, the way that they're positioning roles. Um, mm-hmm. I think the job description is something that's come up. Like when we write a job description, take a look at it, have somebody else look at it. You can actually, there's right. different sites or services that can review that to make sure that you aren't using stereotypically, you know, feminine or masculine language or language that right. can um, be daunting or, you know, that they require you to do too many uh, box checks, right? Where where somebody may be like, well, I don't have those things, but I do have all these other things. So, um, right. um, or asking your recruiter for, uh, somebody shared this with me recently too. and i I, I actually it, it, sadly, I was like, I didn't even know that that was an option. but as a as a hiring manager, mm-hmm. um, you can uh, you know sometimes ask your company for a dedicated sourcer for diversity candidates if you're wanting to make sure that you're bringing okay. in um, diverse perspectives
0: right, to your right. team. okay. So, and you just mentioned kind of the the box ticking exercise. When we're looking at either women applying for jobs or women kind of seeking a promotion, there's a role open they can get a promotion for. Women tend to think that they have to meet all of the requirements in there in order to even consider it. Where men will just be like, oh, I, I know I can do that. I'll just apply anyway." I'm just going to ask for it. So yeah. that's so women are kind of holding themselves back as well. Yeah, today, I guess. Right? And
1: I don't yeah. know why. I wish I understood the like what is okay. the reason why that is. But yeah, yeah. I I think it's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to the job descriptions. You know, if you're looking to hire somebody and, and you put requirements on there instead of like, you know, uh, instead of required skills, it could be, you know, desired skills. It Something could be desired. It could also right.
1: be, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the way that you could
0: write it. I'm sure there's a the good way. <laughs> yeah.
1: not, not thinking yeah. on the spot here. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We could probably think of it. We could go find examples. Here. Okay. Um, so. When uh, let's talk a bit about conferences, Um, you know, we recently saw each other at at the Tableau conference uh, and it's primarily men. Um, What do you think about a women's only conference? Because surely women would be more willing to. Stand up and talk and.
1: Have, have an open platform yeah, open conversation
0: if they mm-hmm. know it's only women in the group you bring one man into the situation it completely changes the changes dynamic. the
1: dynamic yeah. um i i think there's a place for both um i i really do i i'm actually involved in a leadership program right now that uh, initially started as a way to help more women um get into leadership and mm-hmm. uh uh, one thing I actually really like about it is that it's evolved a little bit over time since it first started like nine years ago or something like that, where it used to be only women, right? Or only, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and now it's, um, opened up not, not only from just making sure of like overall inclusion for, um, you know, how, how people like gender identity, but also because, um mainly to be part of the conversation. And right. so there's a there's a percentage that are included um and are you know allowed to participate. And I, I actually found that really eye-opening where I kind of had the same initial response of like, oh well it doesn't you we know, don't have the platform for that. But um hearing the vulnerability, right. And hearing some of the conversation and getting exposure to that in what still feels like a safe and supportive environment Mm -hmm. is, is I think that goes a long way, but I do think there's a time and a place for it. I think that that women need to have a platform and a place to come together and talk about these challenges and support each other and be truly open and vulnerable. Um, but so you also have to remember, you know, women can also be uh, each other's harshest critics. So, yeah, um yeah, yeah. It, it, I I I think there is value in bringing um diverse perspectives to the conversation. Yeah.
0: Thinking about the conference, there's the the pregame of uh, data plus women. Data plus women and that's, mm-hmm. and that's 90% men. Like Yeah, surely you would share that's that a platform with me, yeah. that we should that we should that we should kind of limit to to just women. So, maybe at the next conference you and I should maybe try to plan some things that are female only things, if you want. Uh, I'm willing yeah. to help do that if that's something that, uh, that you think might be of interest definitely... to the conference organizers.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's worth exploring, and um, you know, data Place women—that is—that is run by our community, right? That's a, that's a, um, an effort that's led by our community for our okay. community. Um, so I would want to involve them in the conversation too. But I think that there, again, there—I think there is a place even like
0: sessions, that. maybe maybe right. sessions right. with the conference. yeah
1: right maybe there's, maybe there's a, like a, 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 a women's only approach. track or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, that, something that, like uh, that.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, last question for you. Um, What advice do you have for women that are considering a career in tech? How should they kind of get started? How can they give themselves the best chance? Um, Who should they look to talk to?
1: Um, I'd say uh, don't just assume that the people that you surround yourself with on a daily basis are the only forms of inspiration, right? So I think, again, we live in this very – digitally connected world. Um, you may have to look a little harder, but they're out there. Uh, it was actually interesting, Andrew. It, it, the last time when we chatted you, we were talking about C- like female CTOs, if there are any. And I, I went and did some, I was like, I need to know if there are. I was actually, with a little bit of digging, I was pleasantly surprised. There are actually okay. quite a okay. few. Yeah, I was like Johnson & Johnson, um, GE Renewable Energy, Lyric okay. Health. Like there's actually, a lot of them were health care related okay. or like, well, like the there seemed to be some themes that were coming out okay. in that, but I was actually pleasantly surprised. It does right. take a little bit of digging to find that. So yeah. I'd say go look right a little bit harder. It yeah. is out there. Um, I'd also say finding creative ways to grow. So Easy. say
0: yes, it's easier said than done.
1: Yes, very true. I am probably the worst at this. I am hard on myself. (laughs) Um, but finding, uh, recognizing that you don't have to be an expert to take something on. Um, just, you know, sometimes just jumping in and giving a go and embracing the discomfort embrace the learning mm. phase and um, I like to think about like you should always be a little bit over your skis that's how we grow and learn um so encouraging more you know girls young women really anyone to to do mm. that um, and the last thing I would say is build that network of sponsors and recognizing the difference between mentors and sponsors. You need both. Okay. You need mentors who are people who can coach and guide you. And they may not need to be in your same field. They may not need to be working with you or like a mm-hmm. stakeholder of your work. Um, they can just be somebody to provide uh, some some guidance, right? And help you with, uh, with um, that. And then sponsor is somebody who can actually champion for you and clear a path. And they tend to be stakeholders. So knowing the difference between those, it took me a long time, I think, to recognize that difference. And I didn't take advantage of that earlier on. Um, some of it just naturally happened for me through some of the, the friendships that I built. But um, I think that, that, that has been critical in my um, growth and
0: success. Okay. So again, very important conversation. If people have made it all the way to the end of this, I'd really like them to maybe leave an emoji comment in YouTube. Uh, If if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a little emoji comment with maybe data plus women or something like that uh, in in the comments. to let us know you made it all the way to the end. Don't forget to like it and please share it with other people. Um, It's a really important conversation we need to get out. If you're listening to this on Apple podcasts or Spotify, Again, please share it, rate the show. Uh, we want to get these conversations out. They're very important to have. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast. Um, be sure to tune in next week. My guest is none other than the great Alberto Cairo. He's been a friend of mine for the last decade. And he's he's a pretty big deal. He's a celebrity leader evangelist for communicating with data. It's, it's going to be great. He and I have gone through the questions and he's really excited about it. Larissa, I appreciate your honesty and for opening up about your Personal experiences. I know that can be, that can be tough sometimes. I'm mm-hmm. um, certain this is going to help others. It's really hope it's really helped me a lot as well. This conversation, and I feel like I'm empowered a bit more to do something about it. People are probably going to have loads of questions. So, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Um, well, I'd say LinkedIn. Um, find me on LinkedIn. I I definitely okay. want to continue the conversation. As you said, you know, opened up your eyes to things m- m- me as well, right? I'm still learning. This is something that we need to continue. Um, to discuss, recognizing there's a lot more that I can individually do as well. So please um, reach out, would love to connect. Um, It is a really important um, topic and we need to all uh, band together to help solve it.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.